0: If you're the difficult one in the relationship, or at least you're just discovering that, head over to HealedBeing.com and check out my program designed to help you change the behavior that is making your relationships more challenging than they need to be. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but... What do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I am here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about in the show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. I should make that into a sound bite. (laughs) It seems a lot easier to do it that way, but... I'll keep it personal. I'll keep connecting with you this way. I don't mind at all. In fact, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for tuning in today. And um, I'm going to jump right into a topic. I was just interviewed on a show the other day with a couple of people named Jasmine and Paul. Good to connect with you guys. And uh, when that interview comes out, I'll let you know about it on this show. But uh, I want to talk about something that Paul brought up. He asked a deep thinking question about if there and i'm going to try to word this right if there is a good entryway into self-healing he didn't word it that way at all but i'm trying to condense it is there a good point to start or focus on your healing like should you start on this big thing that happened in your past or should you start over here and there's all these branches and tendrils and everything that happened in your life all these points all these problems all these traumas is there one that you should start with should it be the big one should it be the one that caused you the most sadness or upset or depression and so I had to think on the fly to to determine that because I never really thought of that although I do approach things like this subconsciously meaning. I just approach the way it works best for whoever I'm working with. Like when I was working one-on-one with clients, it depends on where they are and where they were. And I said on the interview that some people don't like to visit the past. They don't like to dive into their traumatic childhood and recall events and cry all over again and have all these bad feelings come up again. Uh, So I don't go into the past with people like that. So what I do is I reverse engineer. I start from today. I look at behavior today. I look at results today. And this is something that you can practice yourself. Even if you are getting professional help, and I'm not here to tell you something different from the professional, always listen to a medical professional before you listen to me. But if you are working on stuff and you can't get through it and you're still getting the results that you don't want in life uh, where you're just not as happy or fulfilled or satisfied or maybe you're just uh, sad and emotionally triggered and carrying around trauma if you're not getting the results that you want in life and you've tried going into the past and maybe visiting your inner child and talking to that inner child and you've healed some stuff back there and Maybe you've gone the forgiveness route and you've forgiven those who've abused you or wronged you in some way or neglected you. Maybe you've done self-forgiveness work. Maybe you've done a lot of stuff and it still doesn't work for you. You still have issues and maybe the same issues that you've dealt with for a long time. If that's you, then I like to do the reverse engineering route, which is basically looking at what I do today and evaluating the results that I get from my behavior today this can be difficult because sometimes we're not aware of the behavior that we do that end up giving us the results that we don't want in fact if you haven't heard last week's episode called what's it called the part you play when you get terrible results that would be a good episode to listen to If you want to connect all the dots of all the results that you're getting today and you can listen to this episode or at least this segment where I'm outlining the idea of reverse engineering your trauma, your pain, your suffering so that you don't experience the same results because to me it's all about results. What that means is that you could have had a traumatic or abusive childhood or neglectful childhood or Maybe just uh, uh, role models that really weren't raising you the right way. You could have had all of that and still turned out okay. And some people do. Some people never really deal with the trauma of the past and still do okay. They're still happy or at least happy enough. They're still having uh, somewhat good results or at least good enough. And a lot of people don't. That's when you really need to look at it. But... I would say that when you've had any type of traumatic childhood or upbringing, something traumatic has happened to you, whether in childhood or teenager or adult, when you've gone through anything and you find that it doesn't really affect you today, I would ask yourself if it's really necessary to change anything because you're getting good results already. Now, this is dangerous advice. I'm, I'm telling you that you have to listen to your medical professional because what I'm telling you is it's not exactly across the board good advice for everyone. So take this with a grain of salt. But here's how I perceive healing and you know empowerment even. When the past doesn't show up in the present and you appreciate the results that you're getting today, and when you think about the past, you don't have too many or any bad feelings about it, then maybe it isn't necessary to visit the past. Now, that doesn't mean it's true. I'm just asking you to consider it. I'm gonna say this too, this is the caveat. Most people, when they have some sort of trauma in their past, will usually experience that trauma At least in a PTSD way today most people will experience something today unless they've processed and healed and released it if you've processed it and healed it and released it great and you're getting good results today great if you don't have to deal with it you don't have to deal with it why bring it up if it's not a problem now this doesn't mean you can't be angry about something There might be some unresolved anger. Uh, This doesn't mean that you can't be forgiving. You might not want to forgive somebody that did something to you. It doesn't mean any of that. You still might have bad feelings about it. But where I like to be in me and what I like to see in others is that they get to a place inside themselves where they don't feel, how can I say this, like a victim if you're in a space where you don't feel like you've been victimized then you've probably done some healing that doesn't mean you shouldn't feel like a victim I mean, there are things that people do that will absolutely victimize you and they're pretty awful things so if you feel like you've been victimized and you are in that space then that doesn't mean you're bad or wrong or anything it just means you've got some healing to do and that's okay This is why I'm here. And there's other shows and videos and books and teachers and therapists. All of these people are here to help with people that feel like they are still needing healing. And I don't mean to say that, oh, you're a victim. Now you're just playing the victim. That's not it at all. There are people that play the victim, yes. (laughs) There are people that overly dramatize a victim stance and they may or may not be a victim, but... I'm not talking about those people. They may or may not be victimized, and they may or may not need to do some healing. Some people will use being a victim to get attention, and as long as they keep getting attention, they keep playing the victim, but I'm not talking about those people. If you are that person, then maybe this is a good show for you to listen to. If you're not that person, then maybe this is a good show for you to listen to, but I'm talking about real trauma that happened that caused pain, that caused suffering, that stuck with you and created emotional triggers and causes you to recoil when you think about it or when you see a certain person or when you hear a certain thing or see something on TV or a movie, when you have these emotions that come up and make you think about that time and it gives you a really bad feeling, really negative, really icky feeling then you might still be in that space where you need healing. I don't really like to use the term victim. I don't want to call you a victim. That sounds so disempowering. But I also don't want to play it down because there really are true victims out there. If you've been hurt by someone and you're still feeling violated in some way because of that hurt, then you are a victim. Even if it happened 20 years ago, you're still a victim if you haven't healed. that yet and that doesn't mean you're weak it doesn't mean you're not smart it doesn't mean you're incompetent it doesn't mean any of that it just means that you haven't hit upon how to heal what's going on inside of you it just hasn't happened yet somebody hasn't said the right words you haven't read the right book you haven't talked to the right people but that doesn't mean it's not gonna happen in fact it will happen I know it will happen because if you are listening to a show like this you are probably someone who is seeking answers. You want to seek solutions. You want to seek healing of some sort. I mean, not everyone that listens is looking for healing. Sometimes they're looking for advice on how to talk to a toxic family member. We can talk about that too. But in this segment, I'm talking about when you are carrying around some sort of trauma or neglect or hurt from the past, that yes, you might have to do some healing coming back to what i was saying reverse engineering the process where you're not visiting the past first you know you sit down and somebody says okay well tell me about your mom tell me what happened when you were six hey you said when you were 10 this happened how do you feel about that and sometimes we can do this we can talk about the past and we can release some stuff i love going into my past hey you know there's my four-year-old self being abused on the floor, I need to visit this and I need to heal that. I'm not afraid to really dive into some of the more traumatic moments of my life because damn it, I want to heal it. I want to just break into that memory and heal what needs healing, give my inner child that love and attention and support that he needed back then that he didn't get because of a bad situation from a toxic person that did not know how to raise a child or be around children or treat them with some sort of kindness and caring. It just doesn't happen with some people. Sometimes you're raised by people who, that don't know how to raise you. Or sometimes you're around people. You know, Sometimes you have caretakers and siblings and uncles and aunts and friends even or friends of the family. or people in school I mean there's all kinds of people in your life that uh, any one of them can cause some sort of trauma in you and when that happens it can be very memorable you can carry it with you year after year after year and then you grow up and you get out of your childhood home and then you go into your adult relationships and if you haven't healed from some or all of that trauma what you're going to produce is behavior That you learned when you were a child when you were being traumatized and um, in the interview I was talking about earlier I think Jasmine asked me about trauma you know is everything trauma is everything that was bad in our past a trauma and I think I answered well if you are experiencing any sort of stress about it today then probably what happened in your past was traumatic It may not compare to somebody else's trauma, but I'm going to tell you right now, never compare your trauma with anybody else's trauma because you'll probably minimize and invalidate yourself. You don't want to do that. You don't want to minimize or invalidate yourself. You want to say, no, what happened to me was real and it affected me and it hurt me and it changed me. that's what happened which it usually does and I am still affected by it today and it's still a problem for me today don't go into the compare mode or the compare zone and say yeah but it's not as bad as my brother or it's not as bad as my friend who got you know XYZ that happened to them don't go there your trauma is your trauma and it affects you in a way that doesn't affect anyone else just like their trauma affects them in a way that it doesn't affect anyone else and it is unique to you and if that's all the trauma you know it can be just as powerful as what you know happened to someone else and you think it's worse than what you went through it's almost like and this is a very big exaggeration but i'm going to do it anyway it's almost like a person who's never driven a car compared to a person who's been driving for 30 years. The person who's been driving 30 years gets into, I don't know, six, seven accidents. That's a lot. (laughs) But they get into six, seven accidents. By the seventh one, they're like, oh, crap, another accident. They're used to it. It's not a big deal. They have to deal with it. They know there's paperwork involved. They're glad no one's hurt, I hope. And they go through it. But the person who's just starting to drive gets into a minor fender bender. (sighs) It's the end of the world. And it can feel like that. It can feel like the end of the world. It can feel like the biggest, most challenging problem in their life. How am I going to pay for this? What's my mom going to say? This is her car. What am I going to do? Oh no, my insurance is going to go up. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. Oh. So all this trouble is brewing inside of them, all this stress. And it's only a minor fender bender. But It's the first time it's happened to them. Nothing like this has ever happened before. They've never experienced it before. So that is unique to them and it is powerful and it's making an impression and it's going to affect them as opposed to someone who's been driving for years and years and years, has been in six or seven accidents and they're used to it. Not that it's not scary still, but you get the idea. And I'm not minimizing anyone's trauma or abusive past over someone else's. Again, this is not about comparing. It's about you listening to me right now, having had an experience in your past that I do not want you to minimize or invalidate. Period. That's all this is. And if your friend or family member has had a traumatic past, you don't want to compare to them and they shouldn't be comparing to you. Hopefully. I mean, sometimes people do that, but... They had their experience, and their experience was probably profoundly traumatic to them as well. And so they are having their unique experience that they've brought into their adult world as well. So I took that side road just for a quick bit, just to make sure that you understand that your trauma, your neglect, or whatever happened in your past... If anything that you're thinking about right now has happened and you're still kind of carrying it around with you in some way, that it is important and it does need healing and it should not be minimized or invalidated. So once again, coming back to the reverse engineering part of this and what Paul asked me about, about which door do you open for healing? Should you start with the big one? Should you start on this branch of life or this problem that you had? I told him that I like to look at how I feel today and what bothers me today. If every time I see my stepfather, I'm really bothered and I'm scared, then I might have some healing to do there, unless he really is a scary person and he's dangerous. But all my life I've feared him until I didn't because I worked on it because I realized he really wasn't a person to fear. He was just a person really to be embarrassed about because if you don't know the story, he's very much an abusive alcoholic and he has not worked on his drinking and he becomes abusive when he drinks and he is dangerous to be around when he drinks. But I don't think he's dangerous to me, especially at this age. So I carried around with me a fear of someone that I didn't have to fear anymore. I made it up. I just never let it go. I just never worked on it. So I knew that because I felt afraid every time I saw him that I needed to work on it. I needed to open that up and figure out why i'm still afraid and do i go into the past do i figure out what to do today well what i did uh, you've you've probably heard me talk about this before if you're a regular listener i decided to address my fear the next time it happened this is what i mean by reverse engineering i'm actually starting with the symptom of the old trauma The old trauma is I was always afraid of him because he was just like this crazy, violent drunk that broke glasses and smashed windows and kicked holes in walls and smacked my mom around. And and so I developed this fear that I didn't want any of this happening to me, and I brought that fear with me into my relationships, into my life when I became an adult, and having this fear today... As I started working on myself and becoming more empowered and honoring my boundaries, this fear came up the next time I saw him. And I thought to myself, why do I still have this fear? What's going on here? I should be beyond this. In fact, I think back in 2013, I started the show. So 2014, I think that's when I finally confronted that fear. What was I, (laughs) 43 (laughs) It takes a while sometimes. It just takes a while to confront some of these fears. A, you have to recognize that they're there. And B, you have to want to, and I wanted to. And C, sometimes you have to know that you still have it. I mean, you have to find out that you still have it because sometimes you don't know what's in there until it happens. Like if you have a an emotional trigger that happens around Christmas, you won't know it's in there until you're looking for it so that you can be aware of it and something triggers it. So you don't even know for a year, you know, come January 1st, and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to start working on my emotional triggers and the way I feel about things. And you go through a whole year of learning and healing and growing and evolving, and then Christmas comes, and you're thinking, this is great, I feel good, I think I've tackled so much, and then boom, it happens. You get emotionally triggered. Oh, yeah, I'm carrying around a trigger that happens on Christmas. Why is that? Oh, well, I forgot. I only see my uncle once a year. Oh yeah, I got to work on that. This is why sometimes relationships will go through this. You'll have one person that has emotional triggers that they work on it and the relationship gets better. And then six months later, it comes out again and everyone's like, what? Why are you this way? And they don't know why they're they're this way and they're exploding again or upset again. And it's because sometimes these things happen at a certain time of year or because of certain events or because you were in a certain part of the country and it introduced another element. Sometimes you don't know what's going to trigger you until it triggers you. With reverse engineering, what you do is you figure out what triggers you today. What's triggering me today? Well, I see my stepfather and I become afraid okay, let's dive into that. Let's not go into the past where I know that it has an origin. I know I became afraid then and I could certainly tackle it there, which I actually prefer, but we can do it both ways. I can come into the present and look at the behavior, which starts with I am afraid and continues with I will avoid him. I will not talk to him. I will submit if he wants something instead of saying no, I will say yes, just to keep the peace. That's my old traumatic response, if you want to call it that, because I'm still responding from a place of trauma. If I look at that behavior and say to myself, what if I chose to change my behavior, so it wasn't a traumatic response, but a more empowered response? What if I did that instead? And what would it look like? And this is very similar to my question, if I had no fear of the consequences, what would I do or say then? So if I had a traumatic response before, what would an empowered response look like? And so my stepfather shows up one day and he wants to come into my mom's house and I open the door and for the first time, I get to practice this empowered response. And I didn't want to. (laughs) I didn't want to practice that empowered response. I wanted it to be the same old response that kept me safe, or at least that I thought kept me safe. And for the most part, it did. This is old survival mechanisms, coping mechanisms that for the most part kept me safe all my life. Because if you don't evoke the bad person's bad behavior, then you don't experience their bad behavior. But all my life, I was lying to myself. I was making it up. So my stepfather comes to the door of my mom's house. I open the door. Now I have this fear that kicks in because it's automatic but it's an opportunity this is an opportunity to reverse engineer my trauma i'm going to reverse engineer my trauma right now by doing something different than i never did before what i never did before is say no that's it if he wanted something it was always a yes because that's what my mom taught me she always said yes she was the ultimate people pleaser just to keep the peace. So in our house that's what we did we kept the peace that's how I learned to be a people pleaser. So in that moment I had an opportunity to make an empowered decision. What would I do or say if I had absolutely no fear of the consequences? And in a few nanoseconds I made the decision to say I'm sorry, you're not welcome here, you can't come in. And the lie I'd been telling myself my entire life that he would certainly be very upset and maybe even hit me was finally revealed. I mean, I'd been lying to myself the whole time thinking that if I said no to him, if I didn't give him his way, that I would be hurt or yelled at or what. I didn't know. But I decided to change the behavior. And when I did, I gave the empowered response. Sorry, you're not welcome here. I can't let you in. And what he did was shrug his shoulders and said, okay. Then he walked away. And I was shocked (laughs) because I think I turned my cheek a little bit waiting to be slugged. (laughs) I was just waiting to be punched because I really thought that's what he would do. But, you know, I really needed to heal this. I really needed to get past this. I needed to get beyond the people-pleasing dysfunction that I was carrying, and this was a big step forward. It was one of the biggest steps for me because I had never done that before with this person. And when I did it, and he shrugged his shoulders and walked off, that was totally surprising to me. It didn't make any sense because all my life, I really thought it would be the opposite. He would barge his way in and say, well, you can't tell me that. I I just thought it would happen, but it didn't, and it was strange. And in that moment, I healed some old trauma. I was carrying around some dysfunction, some people-pleasing. I was carrying around some fear. That's part of the trauma. And in that moment when I honored myself, I reverse-engineered the trauma, and the trauma disappeared. It doesn't mean that I'll never be scared again and, you know, if this ever happens again, I'll be perfectly fine. No, it'll probably happen again, but it won't be the same way. It won't feel the same way. It'll be a different feeling because now that I've survived the empowered response, I know I'll survive it again. And because of that, I get stronger and stronger every time I practice it. And not just with him, with everyone. If everyone in my life, but I've ever been afraid to honor myself, honor my boundaries. Whoever shows up, if somebody shows up in a way that I might have some fear, because there's some old trauma in there, and why shouldn't I be able to honor myself? We shouldn't have that fear. but if that comes up, it'll be an amazing resource inside me that overrides some old traumatic response that dissolves that old trauma so that I don't have to carry that trauma around with me anymore. And it's not just fear. It's all kinds of things. It's like a courage that I never felt before. Walked around letting people walk all over me. I just never felt that kind of courage. So when I reverse engineered that trauma and healed probably a good 98% of what I was carrying around, that told me that I don't have to Go into the past and heal this trauma because I can just change how I'm responding today and it will work itself out from the past and just change the way I process things and the healing happens anyway. Don't listen to me. <laughs> listen to your medical professional. This isn't medical advice. I don't want to guide you or change your path if you're on a path of healing already. I'm just telling you what worked for me and what seems to work for the people that I've worked with and what seems to help a lot of other people as well. Could help you? Maybe not, but I wanted to share it because I don't want you to carry around old trauma. I want you to feel like you can be yourself. I want you to feel comfortable in your own skin. And when you can walk around feeling comfortable in your own skin, you show up authentically and the people that love you love to see that you're not suffering people who love you love to see when you're not suffering. And yes, I'm telling you to read between the lines, the people that love you love when you're not suffering. The people who don't love you, at least in a healthy way, want you to suffer in some way. And i that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother discussion. It doesn't mean they don't love you. It just means there's an unhealthy aspect to the the way they love you and it's especially prevalent when you're suffering and they just don't seem to care and they just don't seem to want to help you not suffer. And they just say, your suffering is your problem. I'm perfectly fine. That's probably an episode for love and abuse. <laughs> so if you haven't heard my show, love and abuse, go to love all about emotional abuse and that kind of stuff. But uh, I hope this segment helps you with anything that you may be dealing with. And um, I look forward to telling you about that interview I did with uh, Paul and Jasmine. So I'll be right back after this. I'm going to read a quick email that is a very tough subject, and it has to do with family. So we'll get to that shortly. We'll be right back after this. You know, I'm very excited to share with you two sponsors of today's episode and I say that really meaning it because there are a lot of companies that reach out and want to put their name in the show and have me talk about it congruently where I believe in the product and I have to say no to some. I really have to say no to some sponsors because I either A, really can't, Test their product or haven't used their product or can't vouch for their product's benefits, uh, or B, I just can't talk about it because I don't like it. <laughs> so it's true. I mean, there are some companies that reach out that I don't like and I don't want them on the show. So when you hear me talk about a product or service, it's because I've done the work. I've either used them or I've talked with them personally. I've vetted them in some way, I've done all my due diligence with them, and have come to like and trust them. So I say that, telling you about the first company, Curable, you've probably heard me talk about it before, there is an amazing app called Curable, and it is for those who are struggling with a persistent pain, a chronic pain, back pain, migraine, fibromyalgia, ongoing pain in the knees or hands or wrists, anywhere on your body. Uh, If you are experiencing a consistent or chronic pain, you'd be surprised how well the Curable app works. In fact, the app is completely free. You can sign up for your account by going to getcurable.com forward slash brain. If you go to getcurable.com forward slash brain, you'll get the free version of the app. And if you ever decide to upgrade, you'll get 50% off the retail price by using that link. And I'm telling you about this because if you've not heard me say this before, I suffered with a sciatic nerve pain for about 15 years. It got to the point where I couldn't even climb stairs, I don't know, without crying. I just felt so, I don't even know if it was the pain. It was just the sadness, climbing stairs and even sitting. It was, it was just so hard. So if I had this app, I think it would have been a huge reprieve for me. I mean, physically, emotionally, and mentally. There are over a half a million people in pain using Curable right now to improve their lives. And if you're struggling with chronic pain, I want you to download this app because you could be expanding your life again, just like I said before, physically, mentally, and emotionally. The app guides you through science-backed techniques designed to help you overcome your fear of movement and your fear of symptoms and how about a fear of never getting better? It's going to help you retrain your brain's response to pain and, in many cases, reduce the intensity and frequency of the symptoms. So head over to GetCurable.com forward slash brain. If you upgrade, you'll get 50% off the retail price, but download it for free. GetCurable.com forward slash brain. And the other company that is sponsoring today's show is something that I have actually used the past uh, three and a half year, or three years about three years now in fact it just expired i just renewed it for another year i love talking about this it's a company that's a little different than i talk about on the show but i have been using them and i'm proud to talk about them because i totally trust what they offer it's called nordvpn n-o-r-d vpn it's like a private pathway to the internet i mean think about being in a coffee shop you're on your mobile phone or your tablet or your laptop and you're connecting to their Wi-Fi I don't know if you know this well maybe a lot of people do but if you don't know this when you connect to a public Wi-Fi like at a coffee shop or a grocery store or a restaurant you are super vulnerable because it's a public network savvy unscrupulous people get onto these public Wi-Fi networks as well and they can steal your information. So this is what NordVPN does. It gives you a private, secure access to the Internet. It is safe. It is secure. It is the only way I connect to routers in the public. If I'm at a coffee shop, if I'm at the grocery store, if I'm at the dental office, if I'm going to connect, I'm going to open my NordVPN and connect through one of their servers. And it's super easy. You just click on any location on the map, and then, boom, you're connected. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no reason not to try it. They protect your data while traveling in the public, you know, airport copy shops. So if you're worried about being spied on by anyone out there, having NordVPN gives you that increased anonymity. Works on most operating systems, Windows, Mac OS, Linux, iOS, Android, unlimited bandwidth. They have a really good deal going on right now. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash TOB, like the overwhelmed brain, TOB, or use the coupon code TOB when you're checking out and get a two-year plan plus one additional month with a huge discount. I can't tell you what it is. It's a huge discount. Go to nordvpn.com, that's N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com forward slash TOB, or use the code TOB during checkout and you'll get the discount. Welcome back. You know, sometimes I get these messages that uh, I just don't know if I have an answer. <laughs> I, mean, I just don't know because life is complex. People are complex. And really what it comes down to is that you're not going to please everyone. You can't satisfy everyone. And this is something uh, just like I was talking about in the last segment. When I started honoring my boundaries, I learned that not everyone will be happy with me honoring myself. That really is telling. You really find out who supports you and who supports your happiness when you do this. And if they get mad because they don't want you to change and they don't want you following your own path, then are they really supportive? Or are they just trying to hold on to something that they want and it doesn't matter what you want? This is something that was very powerful for me to learn. Is that when I started honoring myself I ticked certain people off I mean I lost a family member because I honored myself I told this person the type of relationship I preferred with them not bringing in the toxic elements that were there and this person I never talked to them again it's very sad to me I don't want to lose family members but why didn't this person want to support what I wanted for myself I mean, This is one of the big challenges in probably everyone's life where when you do something for you and you're honoring yourself, you're following a path that works for you, that feels good to you, that makes you happy, someone's going to be ticked off because you're not showing up in the way they want you to. And when you don't show up in a way that they want you to, you'll get probably one of two main responses. One might be, oh, who are you? Uh, I didn't expect this, but as long as you're happy, as long as you're okay, as long as you're good, then that makes me feel good. That's one way. The other way is, how dare you? How dare you do this? What is your problem? Why are you doing this now? I don't know you anymore. Who the heck are you? That's the other main response. I hope you never get that, but... You probably have at one point, or I know a zillion people listening now probably have experienced that. And that's what happens when somebody wants it their way instead of caring about what you want. And when you're around people that want it their way, instead of caring about what you want, then they don't really have your highest interest in mind and they aren't really loving you in a healthy way. And if they don't love you in a healthy way, which means... I mean, my definition of love is supporting someone's path to happiness, even if you disagree with it. That's kind of how I see love. When you support someone's path to happiness, whatever their path is, whatever choices they make, and you do that because you just want them to be happy, because that makes you happy, I think that's the healthiest way to love someone. You know what? I disagree with you, but if that makes you happy, I want you to do it because it sounds like that's exactly what you want to do with your life. And If that's what makes you happy, you know, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be sad it's happening because this is the way it's been. But you're taking that path. I want that for you. I want that for you. And if that makes you happy, then I'm thrilled. That's what I want for you. I I have to get used to the change. (laughs) But I'm going to because I'll know that you're happy. This is something my mom had to do. My mom, when I moved away from New Hampshire and I lived at least a 1,000 miles away, everywhere I lived in the U.S., she would tell me that she would cry almost every day because I was gone. Almost every day. She missed me that much, and I missed her. It wasn't like I didn't miss her, but she was crying almost every day, and there were all kinds. I mean, I have siblings left and right up there, (laughs) but because I was the one that was gone and not living around there, I was certainly missed. And, of course, I love my mom. We had a great relationship. We're like best friends. And when I left, it was very hard for both of us. But she cried every day, and that really saddened me. But what was interesting is that my sister asked her one day, why are you crying? You know, she knew why she was crying, but she asked, why are you crying? And my mom said, well, I miss him. You know, he's gone. He's so far away. I never see him. And then my sister asked something very wise, well, don't you want him to be happy? And she said, well, of course I do. I, of course I want him to be happy. And then she said, well, do you think he's happy now? And she thought about it for a second. She goes, well, yeah, I mean, he's living down there with his girlfriend and he tells me all this fun stuff that he's doing. And yeah, he does seem very happy. And I think she might have said, doesn't that make you happy that he's happy? And my mom, she paused. I mean, she told me this story later, or my sister did. And uh, she paused and she said, yeah, I mean, if he's happy, I'm happy. And she cheered up. Like, instantaneously, she cheered up. And from that point on, she missed me, but she was no longer crying. Because she knew I was happy. I think that is such a wonderful way to love someone. And she got it. She got it in that moment. And when she told me that and we had our conversation next, there was none of that lonely pining. And I'm not putting my mom down for this. I'm just saying that there was a way she was before and a way she became after. And talking to her after was a different experience. She was very present. It wasn't about, oh, you're so far away. I miss you so much. It was about just learning about my life and what I'm going through and hearing You know good news or even bad news and just being there for me and just celebrating life with me because I was happy doing what I was doing and that changed her it changed our relationship and it became our new normal and it was wonderful it was wonderful because it was a healthy way to love someone and she taught me a lot or at least my sister taught me a lot then and I also learned that when I was married, when she said her uncle, all he wants is his wife to be happy. It doesn't matter what she looks like. It doesn't matter how old she gets or how sick she gets or how, you know, it doesn't matter. Nothing mattered to him except that she was happy. Because if she was happy, he was happy. And so I adopted that. I decided to make that my philosophy and my definition of love. Or at least I transformed it into my definition of love. So I tell you that story because. The message that I got, I'm just going to read it to you now, is is, is sort of in that kind of space. Uh, this person wrote, we're moving from the only place we've ever lived to retire and to follow one of my children's family and, and their kids. This also means that we're leaving another one of our children here with their family and one new baby. And this child, and I'm being ambiguous on purpose for their privacy, this child that we're leaving behind is mad and hurt and emotionally abusive and went off on us and saying, you love your other child more than you love me and my family. She says, I understand this child's hurt, but this is the best thing for my husband and I who are retiring. We're, you know, we're getting older. I'm excited to move, but my heart is broken over this child that is so mad at us. We've always lived in the same area with both of our children for our entire life. We're blessed. But this child has resentment from their childhood, and my other child seems to have worked through her stuff. We've been married for several decades with bumps along the way. I'm the pleaser. My husband is a good man, but definitely not an emotional man. Any thoughts? (laughs) The move is happening, but this mom's heart is torn. Thanks. Yeah, that's exactly. This is very, very tough. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for writing in. Where I go with this is exactly where I started this segment, which is you're not going to please everyone and you're going to find out who really supports your happiness or if they're so adamant in controlling people in the environment so that they keep things the way they are. Now, I'm not saying that your child is controlling or Manipulative, you did say emotionally abusive. There were probably some things that, like you said, this person needs to deal with and that the other child has dealt with already. So, here's two things I want to say. One, you said that your child that you're moving toward in another state seems to have worked through their stuff. Resentment from childhood, you said. So, that child seemed to have worked through their stuff. But your other child, the one you won't be living near anymore, they haven't gone through that. So I think, you know, I don't know what the resentment's about, but I think maybe the best approach for this child is to, and I know this is an adult child, but you know, the best approach for your adult child that you won't be living near anymore is to keep a positive loving attitude toward them. Keep that attitude up. We love you. We want you to know that this has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your sibling. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with us and what we need to do for ourselves and what we want to do for ourselves. And I really hope that you can support our choice to do something that makes us happy. And just be straightforward. It has nothing to do with loving you less or more or loving your sibling less or more. It has nothing to do with that. They may not believe you, but you say, it has nothing to do with that. We love you both equally, and we're doing this for us. And if they say, well, you're moving down there with them. And you can say, yes, but we're not moving for them. We're moving for us. We're moving for us. And when you say that, you just say, I'm just looking for your support to support our choice to move for us. And pretend your sibling isn't even there. Let's just say that we are moving to another state altogether where neither of you were. Would you still be hurt? That might be a question. Would you still be hurt? Would you still be upset that we were going to an entirely different state where nobody was? If they say, well, yes, I would still be upset, then at least you know it's not about their sibling. It's about them, and there's some unresolved stuff there, and they may need to deal with that. But... This is one of those times where you might just have to accept that somebody's going to be upset when you do something for yourself, and it really sucks that it's going to be your kid that's upset at you, but this is why you have the attitude that says to this person, we love you. We will always love you. This has nothing to do with loving anyone more or less. You are both my children, my precious children, and You are always welcome to visit us. You are always welcome to move down there if you want. This has nothing to do with either of you. It just happens to be where they live, and we like that location, and we're getting old, and we want to do this for us, and I want you to know that no matter how you feel about us now, we will always love you, and we hope that you can get past this because you're always welcome. You will always be our child. And if they're still angry and they don't want to hear it and they don't want you to go anywhere, then this is something that they're going to have to deal with. They're going to have to work through it. They may hold on to that anger until who knows when. They may hold on to it forever. But from this point on, you always give love and don't say, I'm sorry. I mean, this is where the other thing I don't want you to say, I'm sorry we're doing this. I'm sorry. I want you to be proud of what you're doing. You're doing something for the both of you. And you can say, you know, I know this hurts. I know it. And it hurts me too. I don't want to leave you. And then, you know, shed a tear or two because you might feel that way. You might feel sad. I don't want to leave you. But I also know that this is the best decision for us. And I hope that you can find it in your heart to support a decision that we're making for us. And if they don't want to believe you, and if they just don't trust what you're saying and then they storm off and you say, you love them more than you love me, there's nothing you can do. And I have a feeling that when somebody says something like that, they may not really mean it. They're just saying something to be mean or to make you feel bad or guilty in some way. Because if someone can make you feel guilty enough, this is emotional abuse, if they can make you feel guilty enough. You will eventually submit. Well, most people would eventually submit because they don't want to feel guilty. They don't want to feel like they're the bad guy. So I want you to stay out of that space of being the bad guy because you're not. You're not being the bad guy. They're trying to make you look like the bad guy and feel like the bad guy. So you'll submit. If you submit, you'll stay. That's what they're hoping but as long as you're confident in what you're doing for yourselves, for each other, going to a place that's gonna make life easier and it's gonna feel better for you and it's a nice area, if you're happier there, then people who love you will want you to be happy. And because you're happy, they'll be happy. I mean, this reminds me of the um, message I got once from a daughter whose dad. Uh, he got divorced or no, I think she, his wife died. I forget the story, but um, it was several months, maybe a year. I don't know how long after, but he started dating again. He, he found a girlfriend that made him happy. And I think the daughter wrote to me and said, I can't believe how selfish he is. Can't believe how selfish he's being. What about us kids? What about our suffering? And I think this was an adult child. So it wasn't like a small child. It was an adult child. And, you know, it's, you're still growing, even in your 20s, you're still growing out of some adolescence and getting to know the adult world as your adult self. And you're still learning life experiences. So I understood. And I'm not putting her down for this, but she did say, I can't believe how selfish he is for doing that. You know, mom just died like less than a year ago and he's out gallivanting with some. Whatever, tramp. I don't know if she used that word, but she was definitely upset. And this new woman was not welcome in her life. And when I got this message, I pretty much approached it the same way I'm approaching this now, is that why wouldn't you want your dad to be happy? If this person makes him happy and he's been you know, down and depressed this whole time, do you want him to stay in that down and depressed state? Is that really what you want for your dad? And then somebody comes along and makes him happy and he's feeling good and he's he's starting to pick himself up and feel really good about uh, going out again and having someone who cares about him. Do you want the down and depressed dad, the the one who, like I said in the previous segment, who stays the victim? Do you want that? Or do you want the dad that is happy? And every time you see him, he has a lot to share and his life is getting better and he's excited. And I told her, I understand why you're upset. You know, she's not mom, of course. And you don't know any other life besides dad and mom. But now dad has experienced this loss and you've experienced this loss. And it really isn't about your mom anymore because your mom was an integral part of your life and his life. But there's a point where people have to move on. There's a point where the sadness has to stop or the suffering has to stop. And to the person who wrote, this is exactly what I want to say to you too. There's a point where you need to follow this path that you're on. You feel really good about it. You said you're excited about moving. You feel really good about that. I want you to stay in that good feeling and follow that path and feel that inside you. And every time you speak of it, even to the child that doesn't want you to leave, you say it in a way that excites you. And if they can't feel and be in your excitement with you, you can be sad about that, but also remind them that you just want them to be happy. You know, reverse it back and say, all I want for you is to be happy. You know, if you moved away, it would certainly make us sad as well because we'd miss you. We'd want you to be with us. But at the same time, I would want to know that you're doing something for you and your family that you think you should do and you believe will make you happy. And that's all I want for you. I just want you to be happy. And that's all I want from you as well. And your kid may say, well, forget you. You know what? You're out of my life. You love them more. And that's just, I'm sorry to say it, and you, maybe you know, that's an immature response. Very immature. You love them more than you love me. I mean, that sounds like something you'd say as a kid. And if they're holding on to that resentment, this is the final thing I want to say is that what you might want to do is address the resentment. I don't know what the resentment is. What you might want to do, if possible, is address that resentment. Now, I don't mean saying, uh, I know you still resent so-and-so, so you know, that's too bad, but we're leaving. I, I don't mean that. I mean, if the resentment is about dad or even you, mom, if the resentment is about one of you, there can be a final comment on it, you know? What happened back then, I am so sorry about, and I know you still resent me or him or us. I know that's still in you, and I don't know if I can ever change that, but no matter what, I love you, we love you, and maybe even go a little bit more personal. I wish I could have been there for you. I wish I had done things differently. I mean, if you really want to push this to the limit, if you feel this way, I wish I could have done differently, and I have some regrets that I didn't, and I feel really bad about that, and I'm sorry. You may want to go that route. I don't know if you feel that way. If you don't feel that way, don't say it. But if that's inside you, because you did say you were a people pleaser, which means maybe you weren't honoring your boundaries. Maybe there were times that you could have stood up for your children and you didn't. So maybe that's in there. Maybe that needs to come out of you. Maybe there needs to be a final amends of some sort. And if that's the case, you know, say it. Maybe it has to happen or maybe not. I'm not pushing you in either direction here. All I know is that, you need to stay comfortable in your own choice and you're going to find out who wants you to be happy and your child may not be ready for that and they may never be ready for that but you stay in touch you let them know you they're still loved and you miss them you keep doing your part as long as you feel connection and you really want to keep that connection you still keep doing your part so that no matter what the door is always open for them and this is My last comment, I guess, that you don't want to close that door, in my opinion, unless they're just so toxic. If they're so toxic, you might have to, but you try to keep the door open as long as possible so they can finally get over themselves. (laughs) Your child may need to get over themselves so that they finally see through the fog that they've had around them all this time. Because if you're always saying that you love them and you miss them and you want to be in their lives and you want them to be in your lives, if that's always there, that's always the door that's open. So you may have trouble leaving because this challenge is going to come up. This child is going to challenge you and make it very difficult. But if you stay in a loving space toward them and never fall into the space of apologizing, I'm so sorry. You try to stay out of that space as much as possible. Sure, you might say, you know, I'm sorry this is happening. I'm sorry that it's working out this way. I'm definitely going to miss you and I love you and all that stuff. But try to stay out of, like, taking it personally. Like, I'm so sorry I'm doing this to you. I'm so sorry that we hurt you. You know, take yourselves out of the apologies and keep it more broad. Like, I'm sorry this is happening. It's hurting us too. You know, something like that. So, I don't know if that's a good answer or not. That's probably how I deal with it. I've not dealt with somebody being angry that I'm leaving. I've always had that support. Like, why are you going to Oregon? That's cool. I hope you have fun. Let us know how it goes. I always had that kind of support. If your child is still dealing with something and they need to deal with, it might be time for that open conversation and see where it goes because what do you got to lose? They're either going to hold resentment about you leaving or resentment about this other thing. Maybe it's time to visit that. I don't know. But no matter what, just stay comfortable in yourselves, knowing you're doing the right thing, because either they're going to come around and then finally support you or not. But either way, there's nothing you can do about it. And if they're holding on to all this stuff, then really probably nothing you can do about it anyway. You just have to wait for them to get into a space where they're ready to deal with it. And we'll see where it goes. Maybe send me an update after you move. (laughs) I would like to know. I'm so sorry you're dealing with this. But who knows, this may be something that brings you together. It, It may sound strange to say that, but sometimes that happens. Sometimes when we take ourselves out of the equation of a toxic relationship, the toxicity tends to disappear. Somebody might still hold on to it, but if you can let go of the toxic stuff, your child may also do it too. It might take them longer. But because you're not there anymore they'll have no choice but to face themselves. And that can be tough. (laughs) If you're not there anymore, there's no one else to be toxic around. So what happens is they become toxic in themselves. They can't spew it out. They can't put it on you. They can't spread it amongst their family members anymore. They have to deal with it. And that can be a very powerful experience, if not painful sometimes, but very healing as well. I hope that's how it works. I don't know how it's going to work, but I wish you the best. I wish you much strength through this. Thank you so much for sharing and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Overwhelmed Brain. We will be right back. I'm going to say my thank yous and my goodbyes and my final words right after this Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our sponsors today, Curable. Go to GetCurable.com forward slash brain. Get the free app, and if you decide to upgrade, you get 50% off the retail price. GetCurable.com forward slash brain. And also NordVPN, N-O-R-D-V-P-N dot forward slash T-O-B. Go there, get your two years at a huge discount, or actually two years and one month at a huge discount. NordVPN.com forward slash brain. I also want to thank the following patrons. The patrons are the financial donors and sponsors of the show. Michelle, Angel, Angela, Julie, Jillian. Jillian, you're new. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Anita, you're new too. Jillian, Anita, welcome. (laughs) You're wonderful. Thank you so much. Chris, James, Crystal, Kathleen, and Lisa. I recognize all of your names. so wonderful to read these names. I read you new names every week, every time I see them pop in my email. Uh, everyone, anyone that's still sponsoring the show or a patron of the show, it pops up and I just read their names and thank them because my heart is warm and I'm grateful because they are part of the financial backbone that keeps this show going. We're on eight years now. So if you're listening now, I want you to thank these people too. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. Just whispered under your breath. <laughs> so thank you, patrons. If you find value in the show and you'd like to give your support, head over to moretob.com There's a way to give monthly or a single donation at moretob.com. And plus, when you become a patron, you get to see all the private episodes and private workbooks. And I even have a video archive in there that uh, might be helpful to you. There's like 100 episodes in there. I think you'll find it quite helpful. Some of the stuff I never talked about on the air. I think it's pretty interesting, but I'm a little biased. (laughs) So head over to moretob.com if you're interested in that. I also mentioned the love and abuse podcast sometimes we do have toxic relationships sometimes we are in an emotionally abusive situation and uh, we don't even know it what are the signs of emotional abuse head over to love and you'll find out and you'll learn if you need to address those symptoms and sometimes you do often you do if you're feeling bad more often than you're feeling good probably something you need to check out no matter what kind of relationship you're in if it's family platonic romantic no matter what it is if you're experiencing a difficult time with them a difficulty communicating and you leave so many interactions feeling bad head over to LoveAndAbuse.com. listen to that show that's my other show you'll get a lot from it i also mentioned healed being at the very beginning of this and uh, you know this is the other side of the victim of emotional abuse Is the perpetrator of emotional abuse. This is something that I had to deal with in me during my divorce when I finally figured out that I was being emotionally abusive. I didn't know. I didn't know that I had all these behaviors. I think I knew I was a bit manipulative because I read a book on it, but I still didn't absorb what it meant, and I didn't develop enough empathy to understand what my wife was going through. So there was so much i needed to learn and heal and just process and release and that got me light years ahead of where i was and then my relationships improved i mean tenfold my relationships just changed overnight as soon as i started healing from my old emotionally abusive ways so this is what i'm doing for the emotional abusers i created a program called healed being over at HealedBeing.com. being.com first four lessons are free so just sign up No credit card required. You just sign up. You get the first four lessons. I think I throw in a uh, question or two in there from people who have written to me and I share the answer as well. But you'll see what you get and if it's something that you want to continue, there's an option to pay and continue the the stuff. I write new lessons all the time. Every week I'm writing something new and uh, you'll also have access to a private anonymous discussion forum and uh, you'll get all kinds of bonus lessons as well. So, Check it out, healedbeing.com, if that's something you're looking for. I hear from people almost every day saying, you know what, I'm the emotional abuser, I need help, and this is for the emotionally abusive person who wants to change. If you don't think you're emotionally abusive, but maybe you're just a little difficult, check out that page and see if you resonate with what I said there. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And I'm going to read you this final email really quick. This person wrote, uh, Dear Paul, thank you for your show. It provides comfort to me, especially in times of difficulty, which seems to be every other week for the past three years or so. Oh, geez, I'm so sorry you're dealing with that. I'll keep it short. What do you do with a spouse that is always reactive and moody and volatile and they don't believe me when I say I love you? They don't believe me when I say I'm sorry or they'll bring it up later in a fight and say I didn't mean it. They want to be appreciated, but when I say thank you, they give the look or the response that it wasn't good enough, and then once again say they didn't believe me or it was too mechanical. He says that I'm the problem, not him. Uh, nothing is wrong with him, and he doesn't need help, and he's not going to get help. Nothing makes him happy. I know it's not my job to make him happy, but he's making my life miserable. I'm walking on eggshells, and we do. Uh, it goes on and on, and I'm just going to cut it off right there because you've said enough. I know exactly what you're dealing with, unfortunately. She said at the end, P.S., let your listeners know I'm a doctor. This can happen to anyone. Yes, that was a very important point. I've heard from a lot of medical professionals. I've heard from uh, therapists. I've heard from social workers. I've heard from a lot of people that get into relationships like this with people who want to control, who want to manipulate uh, this is the kind of stuff I talk about over at loveandabuse.com, so definitely check that out. But I'm, I'm reading you this message on the air right now, A, to let you know that it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how brilliant you are, how much school you had, how much college education, doesn't matter where you are on the educational spectrum or the personal growth and development spectrum, the emotional intelligence spectrum, it doesn't matter anything like that, if you've never experienced emotional abuse, manipulation, and uh, covert types of control, or even overt types of control, and you love the person, it is very difficult to know what the hell to do. (laughs) I'm, I'm saying it that way because it's so crazy. Some of the stuff that you can be put through, and you have no idea how to respond or react And this is where this person is like, what? I said I love you and you don't believe me? I said I'm sorry and you don't believe me? What? What do you do with that? It's so strange. It's like not a normal relationship. At least that's what people think when they first go through this or go through this for the hundredth or thousandth time. This person says, you know, tell your listeners I'm a doctor. And that shows that, you know, this person, she has education. She should know some of this stuff. She's dealt with people's personalities and she probably thinks that she should know better. But you can't know something you've never experienced and you weren't taught. I don't think they teach emotional abuse uh, anywhere. I think it just happens. Now, if you're a therapist and you've dealt with narcissistic abuse or psychological abuse or verbal abuse, yes, you're going into the emotional abuse spectrum and hopefully there are plenty of people out there that work with this stuff and work with people that are victim to it, and even people that are doing it that want help. I really hope you're out there doing that. There aren't too many from what I've seen, but there are people that do it. But I'm sharing that she's a doctor because she told me to share it. Just in case you think you should have known better. I should have known better. Why was I so ignorant? Why was I so stupid to fall for this? How come I can't get out of it? Why do I keep going back? I hear that often. Why do I keep going back? And so on and on. All these, you know, thoughts and behaviors and all the things that you would never thought you'd do, but you did, or never thought you'd be gullible enough to experience, but you were. And I'm not calling you gullible. It's just that stuff you feel inside yourself. I feel so gullible. Why do I fall for this again and again? I had somebody say the other day in the Facebook group, "I I feel like a fool. I'm falling for it again." You know, talking about an abusive partner. I said, you're not a fool. You're just going through something that's very difficult to navigate. You can't figure it out, and they make it that way on purpose. Some people make you stay in a state of no power. So I want you to think along these terms. Person who wrote, anyone listening, I want you to think along the terms of power versus no power. What gives me power and what takes away my power? I say I love you, and he says he doesn't believe me. Well, that, to me, feels powerless. Like, I'm going to take away your power. If I don't believe you, then you're stuck in a, a hopeless, helpless state. If I say I don't believe you, what are you going to do? Say, well, I'm, I'm telling the truth. Well, I don't believe you. I'm telling the truth. I still don't believe you. I, I think you're you're too mechanical, and you didn't say it right. You didn't use the right words. You didn't say it slow enough. I didn't hear the inflection that I usually hear when you mean it. And all this crap they pull out of their sleeve, to make you feel bad, to take away your power. Where's your power? Your power is in owning who you are and being comfortable in your own skin enough to say, well, that's the truth, take it or leave it. That's my answer to that. That's the truth, take it or leave it. Well, I don't believe you. I'm going to leave it. That's your prerogative. I know I'm telling the truth, and if you don't want to believe me, well, that's on you. I might even go the extra mile and say, why would you want to be with someone you don't believe? Why would you want to be with someone you don't trust? I don't get it. What's wrong with you? (laughs) I'm exaggerating a little bit. I'm not saying you should say that, but that's where I'd go. (laughs) I would say, wait a minute. You don't believe me that I love you? Then why the heck are you here? I don't understand. If you don't believe that I love you, yet I'm here and I'm saying that I love you, what do I gain from that? I'm saying I love you because I mean it. If you don't want to believe me, that's on you. But I'm going to say it, and if you don't believe me, that's that's your problem. So I don't know what your problem is here, but maybe you'll figure it out one day and finally believe me. But until you do, I guess you'll just have to stay in that state of mind because they're only saying it as a manipulation. I feel like I'm on a soapbox now, but this is where I am. I, if I know that this happens because they're manipulating They want you to feel powerless, so they say something like, I don't believe you, or you didn't mean it when you said it. Oh, that was too mechanical. You said you're sorry, but you don't mean it. Well, if you don't believe me, that's on you, but I meant it, so I can't help what you believe or don't believe. I'm not here to place these things in your mind. I'm just telling you what's on my mind. I'm just giving you my truth. If you don't believe my truth, then you have to make the next right decision for you. If you want to stay with somebody that you don't believe, that you don't trust, it's your prerogative. You see what I'm doing here? (laughs) I'm placing the burden of responsibility, of taking responsibility for their own choices, back on them. I'm putting it back on them. Oh, you don't believe me? That's your problem. Nothing I can do about that. So, that's on you. That way, if you do that, if you're putting the burden of responsibility back on them where it belongs, because they're being nasty... You stay out of the powerless zone. You keep your power. You don't believe me? Well, I know I'm telling the truth, so that's not on me. That's you. I'm keeping my power. You don't say that, but this is what you feel inside. I'm keeping my power. I'm not going to give you my power because I know I'm right. Now, if you really don't love him and you're really not sorry, then maybe that's where you need to be too. Own that. You know what? I don't love you when you're like this. I'm being honest with you. I don't love you when you're like this. This is you telling them. Or, no, I'm not sorry because I meant what I said earlier. And I'm not sorry for that. That may be where you are too. Own it either way. I know it's difficult. If you've been in a manipulative or controlling or emotionally abusive relationship for a long time, it's difficult to suddenly shift gears. But if you don't, what happens? Things don't change. Things Stay the same for weeks, months, and years, and years, and years, and years. So something has to change. And be careful. Over at loveandabuse.com, I talk about pick your battles wisely. Don't do this with a violent person. Don't do it with somebody that you know is going to be physical with you. But if you know them well enough and you're sick of being treated a certain way, don't let them have your power. Keep your power. Because when you keep your power and you say something like, Well, that's on you. If you don't believe me, that's on you. They have to come up with the next thing. Well, I just don't believe you. That's fine. You don't have to. It's on you. I know what I mean. Uh, Well, uh, now they have a choice to come up with an empowered response. I like to look at empowered responses as real truths, as what you really feel. Because they may say something like, I just get so angry at you sometimes. And if they said that, that's closer to truth. Maybe it is truth. But at least it's not. You don't mean that you love me. That's like a total diversion. (laughs) That's like let's not look at my emotions here. I don't want to dive into my vulnerability and show you what's really going on inside of me. But if you keep your power, they have no choice but to look inward. They have a. They have no choice but to reflect on what's going on inside of them. Just like the mom who's leaving the state and the child that is staying in the state has no choice but to be toxic in themselves and unfortunately their own family. But that toxicity stays there instead of going on to other people that are around that person. This is the mom and dad that are moving, keeping their power. You know what? You're not going to take our happiness away. You're not going to take the feelings that we have moving and doing something for ourselves and enjoying our retirement. You're not going to take that away. We're going to keep that. And we love you. This is honoring your boundaries while loving other people. You can do both. It doesn't have to be honoring my boundaries to exclude you. It's honoring my boundaries while loving you. I'm going to honor my boundaries and love you even if you don't love me back. How about with this person? I'm going to honor my boundaries and say, you know what? I do love you. And if you can't believe that, that's on you but I do love you and in your mind you're thinking I'm honoring myself because I'm speaking my truth or maybe that's not your truth and when you speak your truth own it and be okay with it and be comfortable with it and also be okay when other people don't believe you because you'll almost always tick someone off when you honor yourself that's just how it is and some people don't want to do that and um, when you don't do it and there's toxic people in your life the toxic relationships tend to stick around And if they do and you're still working on ways to get all that toxicity out of your life, all I ask is that you keep an open mind. This helps you step into your power. This is where that power comes from. And when you're in that power, you can be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing.